Passengers can say anything and everything, you know what I'm saying? Especially if they wasn't there on the scene and was told about the scene, you know what I'm saying? We can speak. Uh, like, I went from killing for not caring to down if I do down if I don't, you know what I'm saying? And the days I'm rolling, I'm peeping something, you know what I'm saying? I had two sides, different sides. And to me, it has to be something that I'm being heard or heard from and my face is being familiarized with something. Check me out. I'm at the bus stop. I'm cool. I woke up with us. This morning I woke up. I woke up in the trance like a zombie. I can't much remember what I did to the point of busting my two nuts before I burnt out on my mama. I can't remember. Check this out. Uh, I got more oh, yeah, I eating some Captain Crunch with chocolate milk. That's the normal for me. You know what I'm saying? I woke up. I'm looking around. The light and everything is like I'm looking at it for the first time. But it's like it's mine. I know, I do, I know that. It's like, my, but it's like the first time. You know what I'm saying? I'm in the house. I jump in the shower. I shower. Mm, mm, mm. Goodbye. So I'm different. I, I had some more shit that I had, whatnot. So I didn't already geeked up. You know what I'm saying? The same nigga. You know what I'm saying? It's different, different flow. You know what I'm saying? I ain't paying no attention to it. You know what I'm saying? Maybe get the fuck shit ain't, ain't turn amped up to how they used to do it. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I let the bus stop. This Hispanic guy, guy, he's a. Well, I walked up to him and getting ready to pat him on the bus. This nigga jumped like, give me a vibe. He's ready. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, this nigga ready to suck my dick in front of everybody? You know what I'm saying? Like, a, a, a giddy. So we get on the bus with him, bro. This nigga look at another husband and say, what's up, brother? So I'm like, what the fuck is this? What the fuck is the fuck this girl from? You know what I'm saying? I ain't never heard no shit like this from a husband. What the fuck? So anyway, so we on the bus, whatever. We get off at the same stop. Okay, that's too, I'm not saying the nigga follow me. It's coincidental. So... He's still walking with this chip on his shoulder, like like he got something to prove or somebody watching him. You know what I'm saying? I don't understand. So I get to the bus stop. This is a Spanish lady selling bus stop. She said backwards though. You know what I'm saying? I back towards the street and she's looking forward. You know what I'm saying? So that tell me don't sit on the back row, sit on the front row. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't want to sit there. At, then she might say that they got some case. The eyes going now. She might say something came on my mom or cause a reaction or whatever. You got this same fuck nigga. That's my mind is going different. Uh, um, my narrative is going. So as I'm walking, I see a black dude. He said, "Crack me up till he surprised the fuck out of me." I said, what's up, brother? Like, real uh, uh, sarcasm. He said, what's up, man? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I started laughing because I threw it in that nigga face. He nigga knew where I was coming from when I did that. All right, check me out. So, uh, he burned out. He eat me. He fouled back. I'm looking at the corner of my eye like, what the fuck did he blow? With that, with that energy, you know what I'm saying? So, as I look back, but I ain't seen no more, so I say, bitch, boom. So, I'm like, man, nigga, I saw it, like I said, nigga act like, like I'm a bitch or something. Damn, like he was like, this, I'm like, this don't understand it. I'm also a cool ass shit, you know what I'm saying? But only reason he would kick my ass, and he would kick my ass, I'm going to kick my ass, only because of the fact that I'm on probation. You know what I'm saying? That's the only reason I would have let him do it, you know what I'm saying? Because I already knew what was going to go down, you know what I'm saying? You just start speaking that Spanish shit, 
Yeah, we try to move. But if he on me, I never get down to loud from on my mom. So it'll be like, oh, so as I was saying or whatever, the nigga come out of nowhere. So I just, I finished my, my statement. I just kept it all right, right there. You know what I'm saying? So boom. So the bus come. I say, oh, oh no, these two different buses. This is what we got off the bus. My bad. We got off the bus. I let. The female, a spare female, ladies first, always. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what race you are. You know what I'm saying? Female, you go first, regardless. So, uh, I let let lady go first. Then he four ass Damn, man, the motherfucker four essays. Essays. So we got something going on. I'm trying to wipe off my screen, man. We got technical difficulty going on. Here. Give me a second. Get this shit back. Man. I don't want you to pause, man. Says, so I bum rushing for my life. I said, you got me fucked up. I said, yeah, I got me fucked up. <laughs> I said, walked off, you know what I'm saying? Like, I punched the fuck out of them niggas, you know what I'm saying? And I say, now that's how you punch some niggas, that's how you do it, you know what I'm saying? I don't give a fuck. Because to me, I would let one get down, but I would not let four get down. That's an understanding. I would really fight them niggas. Them fuck niggas on guard, you know what I'm saying? That's how I like it. Boom. So they told me right there that, okay, these motherfuckers got somebody putting some old rat and uh, bullshit in their head where they, oh, that's already how they think. They ain't see one cool ass nigga and they ready to hold their little Popeyes or their little brothers on me. You know what I'm saying? So it's cool. But then I'm on the bus coming home for my rendezvous. So look, uh, dude sitting on that just like little Zucci, little Zucciano. Like, like, like my little nigga. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I'm like, I was reminiscing about him back, but dude look back at me, he looked back, he's like, he's on his head. And then when he walking on, and he turned to do it, I said, Keep watch out, watch your back, little homie, you know what I'm saying? Burn on. So basically, what I'm saying is, it ain't no, these hoes trying to make it. A racial war type of fuck shit because they got so much shit up on them, whatever. They mad they can't speak the truth to the person that it matters to. So what they do is they find a nigga like me to exercise their inner feelings on, but just don't know that bitch ass nigga. I got a whole motherfucking army nigga, new generation niggas that waiting to be ready to cause some type of type of all nuclear revolution in this bitch. I don't know. I don't understand how I do it. I don't know. I'm the one. Man, y'all need to chill outside. Don't do that. Because Houston, the only place they haven't they have been having black uh, confrontation, haven't had that type of energy, and they don't understand that shit. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like this. Why will they be trying to follow my phone still? Why the fuck they try to see who I'm talking to? Why the fuck they try to see who I'm entangled with? Why the fuck they trying to sick these dumb ass people on me? Why are they trying to put they, my own people up on me? Because this ain't Houston no more, nigga. This Houston, Texas, nigga. It has a new face, nigga. It has a totally new future. You know what I'm saying? And it's sad to say, Moralities is nowhere in it. 
Motherfuckers, Hispanics is lying like they white on their application. Only reason they doing their thing because they underpaid and it's good. They, they motherfuckers, they can't the motherfucker uh blase blase off of them. You know what I'm saying? They ain't putting. They, they, it's certain. It's, it's, it's level to it. You know what I'm saying? And 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 and, 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 and when black niggas get, can you believe all my riders that was in Houston is dead or in jail? All of them. All of them. That's fucking possible. How can something like that happen? If it wasn't a target type of situation, you know what I'm saying? If the majority of them were folks, and then what they wrap themselves around that pill shit of the organizing the hood, it's nothing but one type of motherfucker that did that in a motherfucking, uh, you know what I'm saying? But since I'm not trying to start no confrontation, I'm not trying to start a revolution too early, I'm not trying to do nothing that's gonna violate my probation, get in the way of me getting my children away from this fuck ass ticket time dog. You got motherfuckers who don't want to see me with my children because they don't have their father. You got motherfuckers who don't want to see me with my children because they father fuck on them. You got motherfuckers who don't want to see me with my children because they gonna make me seem like a better person, a man to whoever that they nigga that campaigning me on. You know what I'm saying? But now I got this, I got this, 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 Cause she's 15, I'm born. I got her, supposedly right now doing research on me. She reached out to me, she liked me, you know what I'm saying? That's cool. So now your job is, you're on the internet. I'm on the internet. Everything that my name, my pictures is attached to, you gotta be looking at it right now. You're not talking to me right now. You If you're interested in me, you're not gonna just send me my and say, fuck it. If that was you, all right, it's cool. I don't need to fuck with you. you I don't need that in my life. Because as soon as I make you mad, or as soon as somebody see you doing you, whatever, whatever, in your whatever, they're going to be able to side view you and fuck it up. And now they're wasting a lot of time with you. Now, mama, we're not going to do that. I'm going to do it like they do. Check me out, miss me out, but not. You know what I'm saying? So when I hit you up, hit you not, after I get off work, it should be out to the brain. You know what I'm saying? So I'm more right this, man. I ain't cut this shit up, man. I got some money on this shit that's gonna drive right now. I'm gonna drive right back to the same day and time that it was once before, you know what I'm saying? But you gotta have, you gotta have patience with me, you know what I'm saying? Because I gotta wait until I'm ready and able to do it with, the, with my budget and things like that. I'm not going around asking people for foundation, I mean, finding money. Well, I'm not I'm doing everything on my own, you know what I'm saying? If a motherfucker can put my shit in drown, whatever, it's not to hurt me. They don't want this shit to be heard, whatever, because they don't want to get the word out. Hey, man, man, this ain't the way they go there. It's, this is what's happening right here, right here, whatever, that. And we can, like, not give you nothing in value to sell, but act accordingly and show it in our behavior and developing growth and health. You get what I'm saying? I ain't got no HIV. I never had no STD in my life. You know what I'm saying? You be like, damn, bro, you didn't jump track. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm just gonna say it like this. But we gonna say it like this. Uh, your boy Antho, Sir Antho Three, Houston, Texas, nigga, Scrooge, nigga, uh, Third Coast, nigga, Hillwood, Bang Born, nigga, to twelve ten, one twelve, nigga. Yeah, and that, and to 8900 now, nigga. 
anywhere between the heavy beans. So I know how the game goes. You can't fool me. You can't tell me that it's an illusion. And I'm living a dream. I'm not living no dream. If I believe in a dream, it be going my way, fool. I have it my way in all my dreams. I have not had a dream in my life that I have not had it my way, fool. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that with a, I can choke my dreams. I can pause my dreams. I can go right back to them or whatever. Or I can just say, fuck the hoes. You know what I'm saying? I can't tell a motherfucker how I do it, but I don't know how I do it. You know what I'm saying? Well, I know how I get the uh, treatment that I get be getting by treating them like I want to be treated so they think that I'm a bitch-ass nigga. Because only bitch-ass nigga respect motherfuckers who don't respect them. But then if I treat you like you treat me, I'm going to jail high for the mortuary. So why the fuck I'm going to do myself like that if I know that's not what you want? But that's what you want for me. Because you thinking that you in a battle, a war against me, and you sacrificing yourself for your brothers. Man, you ain't gonna sit your bitch ass down, nigga, before you get your head stuck down like a motherfucker, uh, that nigga did on This Is It. <laughs> when that nigga, uh, that, that nigga Kevin Hart, and he was running, and see that funny ass gun he fell in that hole, whatever, and then that dude with the big ass box step over his head, pow! Burst that shit, nigga. Like, short burst, nigga. Or a nigga come back on motherfucking uh, Mr. Society, like when he came back on uh, train or whatever, hanging and hanging, like sitting on the side of that car, it's a bunch of motherfuckers in a uh, scenario or whatever, see a motherfucker at a, no, a name ceremony, see a motherfucker at an after hour, and wet you up, or see a motherfucker come out of the courthouse and wet you motherfuckers up. You know what I'm saying? Because they are ready to go against you motherfuckers. Like motherfuckers was ready. They thought to go against the motherfuckers when they start blowing up niggas' neighborhoods, putting dope in motherfuckers' arms, taking shit that wasn't theirs, and all this old bullshit they didn't need. I'm so schooled in, tuned in. I don't want to look at that old shit no more. Because now it's all about the minority of us doing shit to each other to keep them hoes in the head of the, 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 this, racial, this racial race. That they fuck ass niggas so so proud to be in. You know what I'm saying? I'm right here. I'm not in nobody race, nigga. I'm not in nobody lane, nigga. I'm not nobody puppet. I'm not nobody stepping stone. I ain't nobody bitch. I'm sure ain't nobody motherfucking slave. So like this. It looks like I'm doing what you want me to do. Just because I find policy. But if you actually look at it, I'm breaking the rules all the time. You know what I'm saying? Fuck social social socialism, you know what I'm saying? These hoes gonna do what they do, they gonna do what they do because they gonna do what they do. You know what I'm saying? If they wanna say I'm not doing what I do because they would got me doing not what I do, I'm gonna let them believe that because that's on them. Because like I said, it's a tactic. If I go back and forth with them, whatever, I'm gonna lose in the end. They sacrifice themselves for their cause. Like motherfucker uh, Bin Laden, motherfucking dumbass niggas, crash themselves in some plane, uh, suicide bombers, all these tactical assholes, weird ass shit they be doing. So they be like, Oh, yeah, my bad. Everything that I say up in this um, podcast, whatever, is scripted and for educational purposes. Not to excite, no riot, no violence, or no hate, no bullying, nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah. This shit's so crazy, man. Free the boy HPM, man. They locked that nigga up because they, they felt that he was going to make us uh, unite, make us, like, put us as one. It wasn't going to be no way that we're going to be feuding whatever because he's just a, he's a Hispanic influencer. You know Because they was going to influence this shit back then. See, we wouldn't know that. You know what I'm saying? They seen this shit in Tupac. 
They see this shit in Biggie. They see this shit in Tupac. We're about to go to them. All right, we're going to show it like this. You know Tupac. Tupac is a rapper that came up out of Baltimore. But then to New York. Then from New York to California. You see what I'm saying? But then in the midst of California, he got into some trouble or whatever, but the motherfucker kept on trying to knock him down. We're gonna talk about Trump, what they did to Trump. That's what they did to my nigga Trump. Man, friend that nigga Trump, keep your head up, don't do nothing. You know you got money to do something, but just don't do nothing, because that's what they want you to do, bro, bro. But look, anyway, um, the trouble he got into, you know what I'm saying? He wrote his baby mama, you know what I'm saying? Hold it, not pussy, daughter, his baby mama. So, uh, you know what I'm saying? And this how you know he got children, but they, they hid out and they hide. Because they already, he, he already knew that they're going to be after his children. And I'm going to tell you why. Because you probably never conceived no children. Get the fuck out of here. Look. He wrote her, she got a hold to him, to, to a, a sugar. Sugar went to the Interscope, he got the money, then he got Pac out. Pac signed a Sony deal, record deal, whatever, 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 for the, for the favor that you got me out, whatever. But he didn't get him out, like the case come out, Pac was still counting on going to trial and proving himself innocent. But this is what Sugar did. Should have kept this man so fucking busy, so wrapped up in that dumb ass shit, he had no time to fight his case. So he started preparing for an early exit plan. You see what I'm saying? Boom. Should night. Court, uh, court, I mean, it's, I mean, coordinated. He knew it. He just walked into it because before he died, I was just saying, who did it? Fuck you. Thug life. All right. It's a clipping where Tupac is talking about Death Row East. Now, everybody know for him to go to Death Row East, he would have to go back to Biggie. And last uh, single that he, I mean, record that he did by Biggie was hit him up. But it wasn't before he realized that, damn, motherfuckers know that was Cajun Jack, Cajun Jack, who called, who did that whole ass shit. He put it in his song, and nobody never caught on to it. And this is the second time we're about to go in fucking jail behind this bullshit. So him and Biggie was going to co- connect, and that would brought unity between the South, I mean, the East and the West. But what they try to do, they put Snoop and try to make him made uh, that bullshit. All right, let me show you, Biggie. Now Biggie, we're gonna get the get the uh, the the, the, uh, the pun return on Tupac, Death Row East. Either he was gonna ride with it or he was gonna bash him. So you know, since they killed him, he was not gonna bash him. Get it? Then uh, PD Puffin. It coordinated his deal. Then today's time, you got Jamie Foxx. He's doing him, whatever, whatever, but in times he wanted to get inside PD parties and shit. And then, um, he's so hot. I know I jumped track. I know I did that. Biggie, I mean, Biggie. Puffy had that man killed, trying to kill that man, man. Said in an interview about two five death. Sexual harassing people, raping people. Another motherfucker, uh, artillery. And what'd you say? How do you feel to that? Yeah, you can. Biggie. Biggie Smiles. Another motherfucker, uh, is a, uh, a, 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 uh, Biggie Smiles can be used for an example of the fact that 
when Biggie Smalls was with Puff, look what happened to Biggie. His mama got a, a reward from his own what? Yeah, what's the first time you snooped on your dog's death row record? There's no denying that Robert Van Winkle has cemented his name. What's in the mother and the people who try to hold him down? I don't know where you did that nigga, but they didn't make it loud about that bullshit. That's the bullshit. And this is where the trouble started. One evening, Vanilla Ice and his bodyguards entered their suite in the Beverly Hills Hotel. See a nice Devo, that nigga, man. It's like, how old that was? She explained that he was there to collect for his artist, Mary Johnson, who he claims co-wrote Ice Ice Baby with the That's how that name was coming So the story goes, he had me look over the edge. I needed to wear a diaper on that day. Then Winkle says, shouldn't I told I Hold on. No. Sean Pump play pardon. Sean Pump play pardon. Sean. Shoot in the club. That's repeated behavior. You know what I'm saying? This man, everywhere he go, is bullshit. Now look at Jamie Foxx. You see what I'm saying? That was a clown, man. Since he gay, he's covered in that fucking sworn fuck shit. Oh, yo. I forgot. Clone. I'm bad, my bad. I'm wrong. Clone. Keep playing, bitch. Damn, that guy went damn as fuck. Coexist. There's no dream of making an album with Biggie and Puffy or none of them. We're not sweating it like that. This is our we, family. We peacefully here. coexist right now because right. we all cool. They make they sell records. We sell records. Well, I guess you could call that selling records. What they do? We sell large amounts of records, and they sell a few records. And really, there's no there's no competition. You envision a day when you know y'all, if not get together, and make still hanging out the after party, and uh, with me uh, from uh, Death Row is just yourself, man. And I'm still night. Right. Now here's the deal. Um, first of all, can you tell us uh, what you actually thought about the actual rap category in terms of? I mean, I saw Coolio win, and I was like, sorry. Yeah, it's like this. For us, anything on awards, what do you think about that? We got an album out there. He sold six million records. He sold three million singles. He got another album coming out. Back Valley. Snoop got an album coming out. We just moving forward. We don't even get caught up in that type of shit. All right, man. Can we talk about uh, Death Row East? Um, what is exactly happening? Um, and what can we expect from it? Believe in God? Certainly. Believe in Death Row East. <laughs> believe in that. For real. That's it. But if you believe in God, believe in Death Row East. We plan to take the same strategy we use with Death Row West. 
which is mind over matter, taking all our weaknesses and making it into our strengths. We, keep, we know that we got strength and numbers. We already run the streets out here. So now we just gonna help some of these brothers get their money on because we know they got talent. We got the ways to make them use their talent to the maximum effect. And that's what this is about. Everybody rap, we don't rap. We rap to make money, we do business. Ain't no other record company out there that sold as many records as we did. We outsold Bad Boy, LaFace, every black record label out there, we outsold them in one year. And I'm a convict and my homeboy just got off a murder case. So that tell you that it's pure talent, no hype. We don't got no all-American smiles. They don't even want to buy our record, but they got to buy our record because we represent the street. So Death Row East is going to be a personification of what we did on the west side, we're gonna do it to the east side. We're gonna prove once and for all that all these people talking about the east coast, west coast war, they like the Judas was to Jesus. They only here to cause confusion. We here to bring money and to bring change. They here to cause confusion. All these weak rappers, Nas, all these suckers, they battling off the of east and west like this is a game. This ain't no game. If this was chess, we'd be yelling checkmate three years ago because we've been beat these. It's not a game. We out here trying to help our people make money. We trying to get out of this three-strike circle they got us in and start getting our papers on. So that's what we're doing. By stripping numbers, we're coming to the East Coast to prove there is no fear, there is no problem, there ain't nothing but opportunity. And the opportunity is overthrow the government y'all got right now, which is bad boy and Nas and all that bullshit, and we will bring a new government here that will feed every person in New York. Yeah. Like, cool, man. All right, man. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks a lot. That's all I did, man. Check out these other great ones. Yeah, yeah, I'm the wrong motherfucker to ask. But I'll tell you this. If you try to find a person that's how I know Tupac who made it to Tupac. Sick night didn't do it, watch it. After he's supposed to be made it to Tupac, he retired. And vanished. Into the sun. Alright, nigga, that nigga. Shake Knight did not try to kill, did not kill Tupac, but just shake me out though. We're gonna see why I'm gonna show you why. Just listen. So ask your own question. Is he here or is he there? His code name was Machiavelli, like mine is Simon. If you know the story of Machiavelli, he faked his own death. But at the same time, you know, they want to put Pac back in prison. Pac would take it so. That nigga said that shit, and he ain't saying no more. We want to put Pac back in prison, all right? Nigga gonna start out or what? We got we got technical difficulties. Like where me at? Where me at? So we just having UFO hearings on the regular live. I'm the wrong motherfucker to ask. I don't know why that shit keep on jumping. Like motherfucker to ask, but I tell you. So people always want to know, is Pac dead, is Pac alive? I'm the wrong motherfucker to ask. But I'll tell you this, if you try to find a person who cremated Tupac, after he supposed to cremated Tupac, he retired and vanished into the sun.
to the sunset, into the darkness. Kapaki and all those songs. So mathematically impossible. So ask your own question. Is he here? Is he there? His code name was Machiavelli, like mine is Simon. If you know the story of Machiavelli, he faked his own death. But at the same time, he didn't, he didn't you know, they wanted to put Pac back in prison. Pac would take his soul and was reopened, opening the floodgate events leading up to that fateful day. The renewed interest in the case has sparked curiosity and intrigue among fans and investigators alike as they seek to unravel the truth behind this enduring mystery. In a surprising turn of events, the murder case of the renowned artist Tupac was reopened, opening the floodgates for fresh revelations from various sources. As the investigation delved deeper, glimpses of what might have transpired on that fateful night came to light, shed new light on the mysterious circumstances surrounding Pac's untimely demise. Additionally, never-before-seen footage surfaced, capturing Pac in the moments just prior to his tragic passing, offering a unique perspective on the events leading up to that fateful day. The renewed interest in the case is sparked curiosity and intrigue among fans and investigators alike as they seek to unravel the truth behind this enduring mystery. On September 7, 1996, the legendary Tupac, aged just 25 years old, was riding in a sleek black BMW alongside Shook Knight, the influential figure from Death Row Records. They were part of a cool caravan of around 10 cars, all heading to a nightclub after witnessing Mike Tyson's epic knockout of Bruce Selden at the MGM Grand. But things took a dark turn when a white Cadillac pulled up next to him at a red light near the Las Vegas Strip. Inside that Cadillac were four individuals, and one of them unleashed a hail of bullets into the passenger side of Knight's car. Tragically, Tupac, who was seated in the passenger seat, was hit four times, some of the bullets piercing his chest. Knight was fortunate, escaping with only superficial injuries from fragments. The news devastated fans around the music community. Six days later, on September 13, 1996, Tupac passed away around 4.03 p.m. at the University Medical Center in L.A. The hospital attributed his death to respiratory failure and cardiopulmonary arrest. The loss of Tupac was a tremendous blow to the world, leaving us with a lingering questions about the events on that day. His immense talent and legacy continue to be cherished and remembered, even as we struggle to comprehend the untimely departure of this extraordinary artist. Rest in peace, Pac. Your impact will forever endure. In the year 1996, the Las Vegas police found themselves facing a daunting challenge, solving the murder of the iconic Tupac Shakur. Despite the whole high-profile nature of the case and Tupac's fame, no arrests have been made, even to this day, leading his family, fans, and fellow black artists questioning the justice system's handling of the matter. Accusations of a double standard were raised. Some argued that if the victim had been white celebrity, police would have been all also, over it and no effort to pursue justice. The police attributed the lack oh, of progress to a lack of cooperation from those close to Tupac. However, upon closer examination, significant mistakes on the part of law enforcement became very apparent. Firstly, an incident involving Tupac and a gang member at a hotel prior to the shooting were disregarded. Additionally, a potential witness could have identified the attackers who was not pursued. And tragically, that same witness was later shot in an unrelated incident. Moreover, the police had to lean on white Solving gang-related murders is a very complex so undertaking, especially when the evidence is scarce and witnesses are not to up to the cops. The relationship between Tupac's crew and law enforcement was very strained, to say the police's own familiarity with gangs like the one from Compton further complicated the matter. In such cases, gaining the trust and cooperation of gang members is crucial. Respect plays a very significant role in their work, and had the detectives shown them some courtesy and respect, 
it's very possible well, they so might have know. obtained valuable information and cracked eggs. However, the approach taken by the police was exactly. less than conducive to cooperation. Upon arriving at the scene, Tupac's crew was treated as suspects with guns drawn on them. An approach that only served to incite anger among potential witnesses and further hinder the investigation. As time passed, the unsolved murder of Tupac became a haunting enigma, leaving many to wonder if the truth behind this tragic death will ever be revealed. In the aftermath of Tupac's tragic murder, the Las Vegas police never offered an apology for their aggressive approach when dealing with the rapper's crew. Attempts to gather statements from them were met with resistance as they refused to cooperate. Should like, Knight made look, very clear that he was, he was about an to actor, take on the right? role of solving homicides. Well, you also Fuller had an altercation with the police a few days later. Although he was handcuffed and searched, no charges were filed against him. Subsequently, after Tupac's passing, he decided to leave Las Vegas and return to New Jersey. Meanwhile, investigators from Compton were keen to show Fuller some mugshots again. However, they faced difficulties reaching him. Even when they attempted their brains to meet his lawyer, too late, tragically, Fuller was shot dead by a housing project in New Jersey, adding another layer of sorrow to the already complicated but unfortunate series of events. In the aftermath of Tupac's shooting, law enforcement in Compton took drastic measures to quell the gang war that ensued. They apprehended nearly two dozen gang members, seizing their weapons and ammo. Oh, they did happen, whatever, but it was because of the fight he was involved in. He was He was He was on video. He was on video. He was on video. We're gonna, we're, gonna right crucial insights into Pac's we're gonna stop right here. Did Pac uh sleep with Faith Evans? Yes. Okay. That was uh, a nigga uh did Pac sleep with Jada Pinkett? Lost me when he did that Jada Pinkett. Uh, I I wasn't with them uh, during that era of his life, but uh, I, I'll put it like this: I wouldn't doubt it. He said that Jada was like a uh, like a, a female him. He did pancake. Motherfucker, too damn long. I just want to get the bodyguard statement that he had made, man. I'm gonna watch this whole goddamn thing. Man. Two hours, I had the hour and a half on. It's already 5 38, man. Tupac Shakur was more than a rap or a hip hop musician, he was a poet, teacher, activist, movie star and yes, a great lyricist. Even today, countless acts in hip-hop try to imitate his style. The Guinness Book of World Records recognizes him as the best-selling hip-hop artist, with over 75 million albums sold worldwide, including over 44.5 million sales in the United States alone. 
Love him or not, Tupac Shakur was one of the greatest artists of the mid-1990s era. Something else important concerning Tupac was the way he died. He was shot to death in Las Vegas, and to this day, there have been no charges filed in relation to his death. His death remains one of the most notorious unsolved murders of the last 20 years. In 10 years, the Las Vegas police have claimed no new leads and consider the case to be ongoing. So the public has picked up the slack. Numerous stories have been printed, theories on who was to blame and why. And with 10 years to grow and gain in complexity, as many rumors do, these theories have become the stuff of legend. CSI today, cold case, uh, NCSI, all of these uh, crime scene investigation uh, television shows that are on. And if I'm not uh, mistaken, one of them takes place right here in Las Vegas. How amazing that Las Vegas themselves are not doing the same thing that their television shows are portraying, solving a murder case. Occam, a 14th century teacher of logic, said, all things being equal, the simplest solution tends to be the best one. In the case of Tupac, it turned out to be the truth. Stories of civil wars in the gang community, lone gunmen, and vengeance of a friend all make for great writing and drama. But in the case of Tupac, the simplest story fits all the elements. I'm coming forward with the information because someone asked me, and I was willing to tell them what I knew. No one in the, no one in the past has ever asked me anything about Tupac, even though when you look at the MTV Music Award tapes, and when you look at his whole last week, You'll see me there. I was there in Vegas when he was shot. I was one of the first people to the hospital, but I was never interviewed by anyone. So I'm just coming forth now to, to set the record straight. And some of the things that happened to Tupac, we need to check within death row before we start pointing the fingers at other people. Mike Allen is a former prosecuting attorney for Hamilton County, Ohio. He has also worked as a judge in the city of Cincinnati, an expert in the field of prosecution and witness testimony. Mike Allen has led one of the only successful prosecutions against the Roman Catholic Church for the molestation of children by priests. It is somewhat perplexing as to why a conspiracy case was not presented to the grand jury, because again, keep in mind, 
the standard at the grand jury level is probable cause. It's not proof beyond a reasonable doubt. Now a homicide detective living in Warren County, Ohio. Lieutenant Jeff Braley is also a police officer. Lieutenant Braley's experience comes with the military and federal law enforcement. The elements of an assassination cannot be discussed with just anyone. Lieutenant Braley agreed to help explain the elements involved. This type of planned killing has happened all over the world. About to see the most amazing pictures ever made. The assassination of King Alexander of Yugoslavia. It's a kid a day in Marseille. Viva Alexander! Viva the Rock! Oh, they've been shot! You know, we see example, example, even on film sometimes, uh, you know, some of our movies have even set up the same exact plan where you run a car on one side that creates a diversion, a shooter comes up on another side. Um, it's happened all over the world. It's happened for so many years we can't count them. It's going to continue to happen in the future of this same type. But there's always so many specific elements to that plan, even though it almost looks normal, uh, as terminology used, garden variety, you know, there's a lot of planning and intent that goes into that. Um, it's, it's an easy hit. Kathy Scott, an investigative reporter, has been covering the ongoing Tupac investigation since the evening of the shooting, an accomplished writer. Kathy published her insight on the investigation in her book, The Killing of Tupac Shakur. I, um, covered crime in San Diego as a reporter and came to Las Vegas in 1993 as a, uh, police, uh, politics first and then a police reporter. And, um was working for the Las Vegas Sun as a reporter and when Tupac Shakur was shot and he was shot on my watch. My name is Napoleon, former member of the Outlaws, the Tupac Outlaws. Yeah, I met Pac through Gaddafi, <coughs> who was a half-brother of Pac. And me and Gaddafi, we was childhood friends. The guy could grab an audience and 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 he, he was becoming a spokesman for the black community. The guy could go into a room and light it up. He's got a huge fan base, too, and he will forever. And I think people want answers. I believe it was a planned killing. I don't believe that there's no way you could classify it as a random act of violence. You have all the elements in place that show that there was a plan there in place to eliminate this particular person. They're pretty good dudes if they that spot to do it with that kind of traffic. Brent Becker was one of the original homicide detectives working for the Las Vegas Police Department when a call came in regarding a shooting. That was a random opportunity. They happened to be there, and that's how it worked out. And just coincidentally, some gunman sticks his arm out of a white Cadillac and shoots the biggest rapper in America. Why didn't they shoot anybody else? Donnie Rath, retired LAPD investigator, lives not far from the West Valley Division of the LAPD, where the first hints of the notorious LAPD Rampart scandal started. Erath was first in the LAPD to be awarded the Los Angeles Police Department's Distinguished Service Award Medal. I see this as a typical uh, assassination if we have a homicide and we know that it was something that was planned, we're going to start interviewing people, you know, whether it's weeks, months, or years prior 
basically whatever it takes to find the inception of that plan. Whose idea was it to kill this person? Why did they want them dead? And when did they start talking about it? Background information would be garnered, would be gathered by the lead investigator and by those helping him uh, as to establish a motive, as to establish possible suspects. But in this situation, because the players were a little bit more notorious, were a little bit more known, the background should have already have been known. Chip Knight was captain of the football team, and he got in trouble a little bit while he was here. He had an arrest record. He lived here for a few years and liked the town and came back and bought a place. It's the summer of 1996. All Eyes on Me has reached quintuple platinum status. Tupac gets to see his first number one single. His next album, to be released in November of 96, is called Machiavelli or The Seven Day Theory. It's recorded in a record seven days. Tupac was considered by industry leaders to be at the top of his recording game, and with over 120 unreleased master tapes, who could argue? The first time it was made aware to me that there was a problem with Tupac and Death Row was on the set of Gridlock. Yasmin, who was Yak Fula's mom, was Tupac's uh, assistant, and she had called uh, called me that evening and said, I'm going to come down to the set. I need to talk to you and Kevin Hackey about some things that's going on with Pac and Death Row. She didn't go into any great details about anything, and she told us, basically, to step up our game and watch him. Pac was going to start his own record label, Machiavelli Records, and I don't know if it was going to be distributed through Death Row Records or he was going to do it on his own, but it was a label that he was working on, and we was going to outlaws, we was going to sign with that label, Machiavelli Records. I got a call from Al Giddens. I was at home. I lived in Orange County, and Al Giddens says to me, hey, um, you need to get to the studio because Pac is trying to, you know, take masters out of the uh, studio. And Suge has told us that no one is to take masters from the studio anymore. He called me specifically knowing that I was Pac's bodyguard, saying, hey, you need to get down here. You need to talk to him. Uh, you need to calm him down. He's cussing. He's going off. He's going crazy. Master Tapes, the lifeblood of the music industry. From these original recordings, copies can be made for distribution. Master tapes are very important to an artist. Control of the master tapes means control of the revenue they generate. Tupac Shakur wanted his master tapes. If he had obtained them, it may have been trouble for Death Row Records. Recent court documents from artists who have sued Death Row in the last few years speak of a trend of Death Row holding on to master tapes. Tupac knew what he needed if he were to break away. The problem for Death Row may have been that these tapes were mortgaged. We know that Death Row had money loaned to them from Interscope. If those tapes, whose value is in the hundreds of millions of dollars, were removed from Death Row, it may have led to a break in the relationship between Death Row and Interscope. Even if we consider the royalties to be earned a secret worth lying for, consider this. At the time of his death, attorneys for Shakur's estate claim there was over $13 million owed to artists like Shakur for work already done. Not just the singer, but the technicians, board operators, musicians, all owed money. And Death Row had not paid them. It was before he went to New York that he was thinking about starting Machiavelli Records. No problem. Surprises make me broken. I might just get my car and go to jail. <laughs>
Knight entrusted the protection of the artist to former and current police officers and fire department officials. Of course, not all of the police hired by Reggie Wright were model citizens. The arrests of David Mack and Rafael Perez showed a new level of corruption in the L.A. Police Department, and both were on death row's payroll. But not all of the bodyguards were corrupt, and surprisingly enough, not all of the bodyguards have been interviewed by Las Vegas police. I um, started working with uh, right-way security in September of uh, 1995. Yeah, I worked with right-way security, not with death row records, and right there was employed by death row records. 96 is when I came on, I believe. It was either late 95, November, December, or early 96. I started working for Death Row back in 1994 and later became a bodyguard. Michael Moore was my replacement for Pac that weekend at the uh, MTV Awards in New York. Uh, I was mostly a fill-in when I was starting, you know, with Tupac. Uh, personally, I didn't like him. I was in a limo, uh, me and Tupac, Alan we were driving around in Harlem, and the radio came on with Snoop Dogg saying that he had no beef with New York, which sent Pac into a rage. And me immediately spun him around back to the hotel to confront Snoop. We couldn't find him, but we found uh, Mr. Knight. Tupac was displeased about what had happened, and Mr. Knight was very upset, and they got to yell at each other back and forth. They confronted each other, basically to a face-to-face. -face. I did slide in between them and said, hey, you know, we can't do this while I'm here, or I am going to have to step out of the room. Normally, I am asked in every situation that I can remember while working with Death Row, where there was altercations, fights, where some type of discipline was going to be passed out during Death Row, I'm usually asked to step outside the room. Uh, but on this occasion, I think Mr. Knight had me stay for the safety of Tupac. I mean, that's the reason I was there, because I think Mr. Knight, with me not being there, he would have put his hands on him. He was that upset. They're going to be a great witness because most of people in that position, they've been trained in that area. They have knowledge of safety procedures to keep someone safe, and, and they have a lot of good gut feelings about what could go wrong. And Pac's words were, I'm going to, I'm going to cut out Machiavelli, and when I cut out Machiavelli, I'm the hell up out of here. You got your money. I don't want nothing else to do with death row. I'm out. That's how we left that day. There was all kinds of alleged baggage involved as far as Tupac wanting to leave Death Row Records. He was screaming Machiavelli at the top of his lungs. That bodyguard that was pulled off is prime to the investigation. Not only the yeah, reasons for them being pulled off, but what led up to them being pulled off and what information days prior they were privy to. You don't discount that information. And at the time in New York, I think we had just finished doing the MTV, and he had to come back to LA, I think, to do a video. And he didn't want it to go because he was like uneasy about going. He said he didn't want it to go. Because he had told us that he was not going there with his words, them sell out niggas. I was told by another one of our security guards that was a bodyguard that he had escorted pot to the airplane as they were leaving New York. And Tupac told him, specifically told him that he was a dead man walking. The last thing he said 
to me prior to leaving was he's not going to be in Vegas. I don't have to worry about him showing up. And don't worry about it because he won't be there. He didn't feel like he didn't want to go to Vegas. He didn't even, I don't even think he wanted to do the video. I think Tupac wanted to leave, and I don't think Death Row wanted him to go. Tupac was to attend the Mike Tyson-Bruce Seldon fight. I arrived in uh, Las Vegas the day before uh, Pac did on a Friday. September 6th. 1996. He did not want to go to Vegas. Matter of fact, he fought off going to Vegas all the way to the last second. And when I got there, I was surprised to see him there. We met at an attorney's house. George Kalisas. George Kalisas was the attorney for Club 662. Kalisas was a prominent attorney in Las Vegas, known for Clark County judges who owed him money. In fact, Several cases that were represented by Kalisas' firm rewarded favorable decisions, and at no time did the judges make it known that they were in literal debt to Kalisas. And on the subject of not knowing, it was a common conception that Knight owned Club 662 when he did not. Like many of the death row legends, this is also a lie. Reggie asked me to ride with him to the meeting. I was actually going to ride with Michael Moore. He began to tell me about uh, how he was upset at Kevin Hackey, and that Kevin Hackey had my Nextel two-way uh, you know, cell phone radio that should have been given to me when I arrived in Vegas. It's huge. You know, one of the things you'll see throughout history, and even in, in, in the military assassination, is the fact that let's take out communications. The same is true in, 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 in an assassination, in, in the, uh, the elimination of a single person. Let's make sure that they can't call for help. Let's make sure that they can't communicate with each other. If they're in trouble, why would we want them to be able to tell anyone what's actually going on? Ask somebody Chinese if you watch this tape. Don't just say two egg rolls. <laughs> Two dogs <laughs> with hot sauce. <laughs> that would be say. Niggas say Chinese get Chinese letters like this. <laughs> Let's isolate them, keep them away from their protection, take away their communication back to whoever can help them. Isolate that victim. You're going to have a more successful mission. One cannot ignore the ability to communicate. We're in an instant communication era. And for a detective to ignore what were you saying the about possibility is, about uh, in my mind, ridiculous. George Kalisas called the meeting at the behest of Reggie Wright Jr. Wait until the motherfuckers are talking about the preparation of the damn Nevada fight and how that nigga knew that he violated, he was about to violate his bond. And how he tried to make it seem like he had nothing to do with it. He tried to do the right precautions, procedures. You know what I'm saying? Disconnected. Yeah, Connected. Right. Told us not to carry any weapons. Never have they told me to leave my weapons, either in my room or my car. So they were asking us to guard Pac and Shook and everyone else completely unarmed. We had never been told to leave our weapons. For an attorney to do that, I don't know why. We had had a meeting at Club 662, a security meeting, because for security we had uh, on you know any given weekend that we were gonna be in Las Vegas with all of the artists and when they were gonna be performing or we were gonna be able to fight, there would be 20, 23 uh, you know, security members from Rightway Security. So now I'm in a situation where I'm being 
Astrogar Park without any weapons or a fault. Since I wasn't there to know what was said, I don't know what the reason was for it. If you cannot defend yourself, you're going to be an easier target for me. You know, if you're my intended victim and you carry a gun, I have to plan completely differently than if you did not. So if I can get you to be unaware of the danger, if I can get you not to carry the gun or have... Uh, any personnel with you that are armed, you're that much of an easier victim and an easier hit. That's a great part of the plan if you could accomplish that to get rid of any firearms because as the hitter, as the shooter, as the planner, you're protecting yourself. It was a special meeting. Nah, he was called in to, better be, to meet with all of us. Why would I leave my weapons in a vehicle or in the hotel room and I'm personally guarding Pop in one of the most hottest places to be? And what that's going to make it is a bodyguarding incident where you would be, only thing you would have on you is your person. And Michael Moore made the, you know, biggest, uh, you know, who are about the weapons. I informed Reggie that I wasn't taking my weapon off for no. My gun did not belong to right way. It was my personal gun and I was going to carry it. And that's what I did. Natural. Go to Club 662. And that's what I did. He got a little upset because now that I think back on it, he said he's paying for this shit and that he is telling us where we're going. I remember him saying that real loud that day in the lobby, that I'm paying for you. You go where I say go. And then I said, Frank, you need to make a phone call to Reggie. And Pac said, Michael, come over to the uh, MGM and meet us over there. Tupac even called Reggie and had Frank get in, in touch with Reggie to find out where Michael Moore was at. So the problem was festering, and I knew something wasn't right. So when I went to my hotel room, I told Tim Williams, something is not right here, Tim. What we have to do is find out what's going on. So I said, let me go downstairs, and I'll change clothes, and I'll work with Tupac until Reggie says something. Tim said, Mike, don't do it. He goes, you're going to piss Reggie off. Don't do it. I go, Tim. Frank's going to need some help. He said, don't do it. Just get dressed and go to the club. Two packs of corn, shook nine. I'm down. Oh, you know what I'm saying? shit, man. You know, doing a little... On September the 7th, 1996, two packs of corn, shook nine, found themselves ringside at the Mike Tyson-Bruce Seldon Championship fight. By all accounts, Tupac was in a happy mood. Until one of his... We're waiting on Tyson to come back there. Pox back there. He's all excited. You know, his boy just knocked out Selvin. You know, 50 blows, 50 blows. He just hit him 50 times. You count him, you count him. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm back there with him and everything. And Shug is back there. So Shug says something to Pox. And then the next thing I know, we're leaving. Tyson didn't even make it out the ring and come back.
three hours earlier. Fuck what? Oh hell! Oh hell! Outlaws. Let's get ready to rumble. Let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> yeah. Throw your hands up. Throw your yes. hands up. Yes. Throw your hands up. In this corner, the girl gladiator. Uh, Mike Tyson. Never been defeated. Can't keep it going. And in this corner, where I'm with it. All they see is black venoms in my silhouette. Just watch the fear reappear in their eyes when I hit the set. Oh no, two block with team types and seldom was seldom seen. I am Mike, cut his hair like a guillotine. Time for some action. You making me hot like Tony Braxton. Bust the switch and like Dennis Rodman. We still massive. I put my hand up to God like the all of it was stress. Throwing blows in this square circle to see who's best. Mike, don't hurt him. What they scream, wait, what they mean? Tyson put him back his head, touch the whole Coliseum. Better act up when I see him. We loud in the front row. Hype up the crowd. If you don't like it, what you come for? All hell. Too far to part to fail the bed stop. Ass kick and split the water like a shark. Still, still struggling. May God help me bubble. Hit the ring, do my thing. All the posts feel trouble. Get it on. Let's get ready to run. Let's get it on. Showing the cat, they showing the, the, the scene when they were sitting in the car at the light. It uh, sun sunset, and what's some call it? You know what I'm saying? But I already know what happened. I already know how it's gonna happen. Bitch, boy, sir, and throw three. I'm gonna play the rest of this shit, and I'm gonna end this whole. It is what it is. Four days, six days later, nigga. Rapper and actor Tupac Shakur died Friday night at the age of 25 in a Las Vegas hospital, six days after taking four bullets, two in the chest. In an official statement, the hospital said that Shakur Good died night, at 4 3 p.m. Pacific time of, quote, respiratory failure and cardiopulmonary arrest. Shakur spent the past week on life support in the intensive care unit under sedation and unconscious most of the time. Tupac was visited yeah, by the Reverend Jesse Jackson on Sunday, the day Shakur had one of his lungs removed. The fatal gunshots were fired on the night of September 7th. 
from the Cadillac that drove alongside the BMW in which Shakur was being driven from the Tyson-Selding boxing match by Marion Suge Knight, the head of his label, Death Row Records. Police still have no leads on suspects or motives as we went to press. It's Orlando Anderson, A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N? Oh, that ain't... I'm sorry, help me out again. Yes, that nigga, he violated his bond with when you and fighting, you on bond, criminal activity, gambling, drinking, you know what I'm saying? I was like a big fan of his. To me, he was like, I mean, when you say Tupac, he was like... Orlando did not have that nigga chain. He didn't have a chain, anything... With Orlando, he about to say right now, he don't know nothing about chain whatever, but you don't have to listen to all them damn interviews to see what exactly what I'm talking about, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm not going to do that shit. You know what I'm saying? The Marvin Gaye rap to me. So Orlando shot him across Dre. He leaned over and went to the window, pop. They were drove on my side, I was pop. You know what I'm saying? But they was on the other side. Keefe D has now identified his own nephew. And if that statement was true, they would have been solved a crime, the case, long time ago, folks. Yeah, think about it, man. As the murderer of Tupac Shakur. You motherfucker lying by aliens, man. Prosecutors say Knight is seen kicking Orlando Anderson. And that act is the alleged probation violation. The video is evidence in Knight's probation <laughs> revocation hearing, proof the DA's office says Knight took part in the beating of Anderson last September. He's on probation, He's on trial my bad. For what appeared to this court to be a kick. The atmosphere in which this kick took place, though, they I don't said think they, they they it was probation, but they said it was parole. I think what happened was severity of they, he paid for probation. On Mr. Knight. Does that what happened? I actually knew it was a Ramble going on, but and that's when I started to break things up. You wanted to break up this fight, if you will. Attempting to pull up the security guard, attempted to pull up Mr. Anderson. At Shug's hearing, I seen pulling people up. That's all I, that's all I see. Orlando testified on Shug's behalf. Why did he do that? Oh, he gave him sixty thousand. Say that you know, he didn't do it. But you see the video, Orlando saying I'm like, so we got the homework with him. So I gonna have some niggas with guns on this festival like y'all did. They wouldn't already stand with you already. Fuck these niggas out. Free my nigga Kiki, man. Fuck Kiki, nigga. Fuck D3, nigga. Fuck Baby Lane, nigga. Straight like that, nigga. Fuck these niggas, man. This another hand to get up. Nigga, you talking about Lando Anderson, nigga. Nigga, 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 this shit for free. Fuck that promo. You riding clout, nigga. You a fuck, nigga. Nigga, this ain't Frost, nigga. Nigga, this ain't Watts, nigga. 
It's not Crenshaw, nigga. It's not Inglewood, nigga. What the fuck? Nigga, my mind's on Organization game bang, you need to jump a game bang. Afterwards, that nigga, uh, what the fuck is Tuki? That fuck is something about Tuki, dog? Yeah, killing murder is idiot, fool. They saw pictures of that nigga, and I know that was a brass, like he said, nigga. They show me again, he look here doing some shit. Look wrong kids. Now he got the eight grade picture and he took it and showing. But I'm not saying why what the fuck. Alright, I know my dog. Oh, this monster. This Tupac killer. All these stories, all he's just an animal, this chain snatcher. Pac in Orlando, right? If I'm not mistaken, you wanted to set the record straight when it came to that, right? About Tupac and Trayvon Lane and if he told Tupac to go do it or not? Yeah, because uh, Trey never told Pac, you know what I mean? So I think he get this, um, you know what I mean? He get this backlash, he get this, you know, negative. Like, people always speak a negative. Like, if he didn't tell Pac, Pac didn't do that. But he never told Pac, you know what I mean? Trey told his homies. Pac overheard it and just did what he had to, he did, he, he felt like, you know, he did what he felt like he needed to do. But Trey never ran to Pac specifically and said, yo, Pac, this and this and that, you know what I mean? Um, you know, they was all together. Trey went to, you know, the people that was there with him from his hood, from the mobs, you know what I mean? From his, his neighborhood. And when he said it, Pac overheard it. And that's when Pac took off, you know what I mean? So a lot of times, you know, people always, um, they get upset with Trey. And at the end of the day, bro, you can't, you know what I mean? When it's your time to go, it's your time to go. You know what I mean? Pac, Trey, Trey didn't go to Pac and say, Pac, that's the dude over there. Go do what you got to do. Pac just took it on his own. You know what I mean? And you knowing Trayvon Lane, you know for sure that he didn't tell Tupac that. You knowing him personally, you know for sure that he telling the truth. Yeah, I believe him. Yeah, and it, and it makes sense. Me knowing Trey. What you know what I mean? Tupac, me knowing man. Trey and, and Trey... Trey was part of like security. What did he tell Tupac? You know what I mean? Me knowing Trey, Trey was part of security. What did he over here? In the past, he never would go to Pac and say for any trouble in the past. He always went to his homies. Like, you know, this is happening. This is happening. You know what I mean? So he would never go to Pac and say, because he know his his job as a security is to hold the people down and protect the people. So when he went and told his homies, because, you know, it's a Compton thing that they know what's going on and really the involvement of this type of stuff. But Pac overheard it. No, because Pac was, he, he intermingled with him. He was with him. You know what I mean? He, even though, like, they was in security, but at the same time, they were always, like, homies at the same time. You know what I mean? And I don't think nobody, uh, even Trayvon, Shug, or anybody that was there would have expected Pac to just what? run and take off like that. You know what I mean? Because you got to understand, Pac always had, Pac used to teach us not to do that. You know what I mean? So Pac had this militant. You know, where Minutemen mindset, where he himself used to say, "Be careful, don't just run off." You know what I mean? You might, you, we might see the enemies one day. Doesn't mean we might not even have a chance to take off on them because you got to do everything at a, a, a calculated time. And people know who how Pac was. 
I think it caught everybody off guard. Nobody expected that. Pac is not, this is what they have to realize. You know what I mean? I know people, Pac is not, he's a leader. You know, he was a leader. You know what I mean? He wasn't he really just a follower. You can you can manipulate him like he's a kid and go do that. He know. Go run over there and do that, Pac. Sock this dude in the head for me, Pac. Pac did it on his own. You know what I mean? So people have to realize that it was a it, it was a mistake that he 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 did something that he felt like he wanted to do. Nobody can manipulate him and say you pop. He he wasn't that type of person. But of course, because you know you get so much stuff circulating on the media, so much stuff circulating online that it, from the outside looking in, you don't know really gangster, From that situation, it seemed like he was he easy manipulated. You know what I mean? But that wasn't Only the case. He, knew that. he wasn't like that. You know he didn't I mean? know that. He didn't know that. He didn't find out till after the fucking. Like, nigga, you gotta get your papers in this motherfucker. I ain't mad at you at all. Hey, yo, what the fuck you wanna be when you grow up, Rara? Nigga, is you stupid? I wanna be a motherfucking outlaw. That's right, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Housing these hoes. You feel me? You gotta be that shit. Keep it real, nigga, or what? Keep it real. How old are you, nigga? Cause all I see is murder, murder My mom say Preoccupied with homicide Trying to survive through this crime rate Dead bodies and block parties Those are lucky bastards Couldn't find another requirement Close cast Who can you blame? It's insane what we been through Witnessing evil that these men do Bitches sin too In fact they be the reasons Niggas get the bleeding Full of fucking fire when I leave them I should've seen them Hostile hoes catch elbows and foes disposed of And snitches get dealt with with no love Body bags are adversaries that I had to bury I broke the law and they jump all in the same flurry But never worry, they'll remember me through history Causing motherfuckers to bleed They'll label me a Outlaw, outlaw, outlaw Now we mad. Top speed. 
Cause when I bust them, they gon' shiver. The killers by soldiers got bodies floating in the river. What is they saying? Talking about playing. They need to stop. That ain't gon' help. These niggas spraying out my blood. Try to take my will. Outlaw, outlaw, outlaw. They came in the city. Outlaw, outlaw, I got a grudge, on police, niggas run the streets, <laughs> it ain't nothing but me, shit shit, 1995, the game's changed, motherfuckers is acting real strange, the rules is all rearranged, we got babies lying dead in the streets, these punk punk beaters is crooked as me, but all I see is motherfuckers acting less than G, stop being a player here, be an innovator nigga, Fuck that shit, don't be no entertainer and a stranger Be a real motherfucker, keep it real Pack that steel, cause you know these streets is real Motherfuckers wanna see me in my casket Jealous, motherfucking bastards I never die, thug niggas multiply Cause after me it's thug life, baby Then the young thugs, then the youngest thug of all My nigga Rafa